Support for Wabanaki Windows comes from the Abbey Museum, founded in 1928 at Sewer de Mont Spring in Acadia National Park and open year-round in downtown Bar Harbor with two locations and one mission to inspire new learning about the Wabanaki nations with every visit. More information at abbeymuseum.org. The time is 9.59 and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Wabanaki Windows with your host Donna Loring is up next. Welcome to Wabanaki Windows. I'm your host Donna Loring. Webinaki Windows is a monthly show featuring Webinaki perspectives, topics, and opinions, as well as interviews with Native artists, writers, and people of interest. Uh, this, the month of April has been designated as National Poetry Month. I thought it'd be a great idea uh, to hear some poetry written by Webinaki youth. Um, last year, we had a show about Webinaki, the Webinaki Writers Project, and uh, some of the work that came from those writing camps. We had uh, Paul Frost and Gisitanamuk here on the show, and they talked about the camps and read some poems. Today, we have Roger Paul and Melanie Rourke. They are staff members of the Wabanaki Writers Projects, because among they do other things as well, and they'll tell you about that. Uh, and they brought with them uh, two special guests who we will hear from shortly, and I'm going to let either Paul or, uh, or Melanie introduce uh, them to you. Uh, now, first of all, what I'd like to do is lead off with, uh, with Roger. Um, if you could tell us, uh, you know, just give us a general idea of uh, what you do and um, uh, what you're doing now and, and uh, how you work with the project. Oh, Willie Wynn, I uh, want to... Thank you for inviting us here and uh, being able to showcase our uh, our uh, readers today, Kaylon Newsom and uh, Sarah Fields, two of the reasons why we do this. Um, but uh, a little background about myself. I teach at Indian Island School. I teach Wabanaki language. I also teach Wabanaki language at the University of Maine. And uh, one of the reasons that I was brought into this project uh, was actually, uh, I, I like to say, brought in kicking and screaming the whole way. I've always been brought up in the belief system that the uh, writing system is certainly not our cultural way. And I um, actually spent most of my younger life trying not to support the writing system. But then I realized, and when some elders talked to me about how our way is about our stories and uh, we need to convey our stories. And uh, as I began in my educational career, I realized that our stories weren't really conveying well the old way. The, uh, since culturally we are uh, people who adapt to our surroundings, we needed to adapt to a writing culture that was everly, uh, ever increasing around us and, uh, in order to communicate and uh, so that both sides will understand completely what each other is saying. We needed to, um, I guess, crank up the notch of writing uh, from a perspective of Native people who have grown up in the language that was not English and actually having to communicate with the world around us that was that had grown up in English and not our language or even our culture. Um, so as I saw when the writing project began, and Melanie will read a little bit about the 
uh, about the background of the project, they brought me in kicking and screaming, and I was saying that, no, I, I, I didn't want to support any writing. And then I realized that uh, to bring the cultural aspect to the writing would be a great adaptation. And uh, it's, it's been very rewarding, and I'm so glad that I was a part of this program. And I'm going to have to defer to Melanie right now to have her explain a little bit about how the program began. Well, actually, I began with the pro project about uh, 2010, um, thanks to Paul Frost. Um, and Paul had this idea, well, I guess about 2007, 2008, to somehow expand the writer's project that teachers can take at University of Maine into um, the classroom and into schools and into kids. And he had a particular um, passion and interest in the Wabanaki and uh, worked with Gisitanamuk. And, and this idea kind of came real um, when Vicky became part of the project and then Roger. Um, Vicky is a teacher on the island as well. And she um, had been through the uh, writing project at the university, as had I, at different times. And so they, um, they started this project. And then I started teaching at Old Town High School and Paul said, I think you would really enjoy doing this because he knows I like to tromp around the outdoors. And uh, so he thought that, and I really like and loved writing and, and encouraging writing. So he thought, well, we'll hook Mel in. <laughs> um, so that's sort of how I joined them. And um, Vicki and I have since put together quite a few different projects and camps uh, for the last two years. Um, we are actually going to be winding down soon, but at this point in time, um, we have one more summer project to do in the summer. And we try to combine what Roger speaks of, of the culture and the writing process and encouraging kids to um, share their voice through, through their written word mm -hmm. and that they can leave their mark um, on their own history um, through their words and through what, what they have experienced together and what they have experienced over time. Um, and we take kids from uh, grades well, as young as five, fifth grade as, and up through high, senior year in high school. We've had a few younger that have handled themselves just as well. Um, and we've tromped through 27 degrees below zero in Flagstaff Lake, and we've, you know, done 90 degrees at, at Scudic Point. So we've, we've had a, the extremes. <laughs> so how so, long have you been doing this? They have been working as a project since 2008. So it's been four years, five years now. Has it been that long? <laughs> it has been that long. I've only been the project with about two years, but um, but yeah, they've been going. Uh, I joined them for the first time in Spruce Haven for a day um, in summer of 10, 2010 and uh, quickly became joined up in the group. And Gisitanamuk and Vicki and, and Roger were, and Paul were really working it at that point. And um, Vicki and I work very well together, I think. And... Um, teach together. We kind of plan the, the camps and then we let culture and uh, the storytelling and uh, the fun activities to Roger. So he gets to, uh, he gets to enjoy the fun parts as well. But, so it's a nice combination, I think, of just enjoying uh, the main outdoors um, as well as how that can inspire some writing and the cultural experiences they get to, to learn from Roger and share in their words. Okay. Um, that being said, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let them share. Um, Kaylon has a couple here. Kaylon has been with us since 2000. You were at Flagstaff for 2012, right? And Sarah just joined us actually this summer for the first time. And we're actually in the process. They have in front of them uh, uh, the beginnings drafts, I should say. They've as close to final draft as we are going to get it at this point, um, of two anthologies that will be forthcoming um, in the next couple months. 
So, so they, they're, they're going to read um, some of their own stuff, right? And, as, yes, and others so. as well. Go ahead, Gaylon. Nice and loud. Uh, now, in, in, introduce yourself and okay. uh, tell us what grade you're in. And My name is Kaylon Newsom, and I'm in seventh grade. Okay. Yep. Okay, this is a poem by Marianne Silboy. Silboy. You know how the tears just fall, even when you don't expect them? How they just let everyone see you cry? How they just overspill and create a puddle of mass confusion? If only those tears could speak for you. If only they could scream out. But you know they won't. The giggles and smiles of 7th grade girl, the oohs and ahs of the 8th grade girls, the confusion of becoming a high school student, ninth grader. You get older, do things get more complicated? They do. The nothing you feel when people ignore you, the misunderstand of a five-year-old throwing a tantrum, is it because they want attention? Is it because they just need a good cry? That is what some people need, a good long cry, even if it misunderstands. As they fall, you can feel things getting slightly better, but yet you're still really confused, yet you ponder all these questions. Why does it bother you? Why does it consider them friends? All these why questions, but you can't seem to find the right answer. But you also wonder how can they destroy someone's life? You have that figured out. These questions keep coming and answers never appear, but you think, I'm better than them. I shall not stoop to their level. Do you have one of yours, Kayla? Yeah, it's in here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, is there a particular reason you, you chose that, that poem to read? Or? Um, I just liked it. You liked it. <laughs> I don't think um, Kaylon remembers Marianne, but Marianne was one of our, our older students and had been with us since the beginning of the project, who is now 20, 19, 20 years old. So, oh. and I believe still writing, so kind Great. Of encouraged her. Okay, this is my I come from. This is, did you write this? Is this your poem? Mm -hmm. Okay. I come from cozy green grass, cold flakes of snow, soft smelly flowers, and the state of many pines. I live in a valley of, the, of love, a mountain of joy, a river flooding with craziness. I love to read books at a cotton candy sunset. I love all animals that roam this planet. But what I love most of all is my family. One of the things that um, we try to do at each of our camps is we do an I am from or I come from. We changed it up a little bit this past time. Partly because the kids come together from different tribes in different areas around Maine and don't always know each other, and we often don't know them. Some of them have repeated, um, and many of them do, um, but they're often new faces, so it's a way for them to share where they're from and connect, and it seems to work almost every time we've done it, I think. That's also where uh, I come in, a lot of where they come from. They sometimes have questions, and I'm familiar with a lot of the tribes within the state. I've either grew up or have family or have uh, interacted with them. So I, I try to help them through some of the questions they may have. And one of the reasons for this uh, Webinaki Writers Project was something that I had noticed about the writing um, of our students after they finish elementary school and move on to high school. Sometimes the dominant uh, American cultural schools don't really see the depth of the writing that our students see. 
and they come from a family that has not really spoken English for very long. We think about our, our Indigenous language, and we're only about three generations away from our Indigenous language. And what English is spoken at home is actually spoken, not necessarily the same spoken English that would be, for instance, two miles down the road from a family that has spoken English for generations and generations and generations. So a lot of times our high school teachers or even some elementary school teachers, whenever they give com uh, some sort of direction for writing, uh, a lot of times our students will see a completely different picture and will write about something that may be off the mark from what the teacher was looking for. And we actually originated this not only to help the students but to help the teachers to understand that they see things from a different perspective at times and the teachers need to realize that also so rather than have the ink the red ink marks all over the paper we kind of have uh, wanted to make it known to the teachers that our students still have the same writing abilities and they're they're wonderful they have so much to say so we want to have the teachers uh, open up and try to see that in our students, that potential. And we try to give the students confidence to be able to open up and, and write with confidence in what they feel they need to say. And that's why we have these uh, really far distant, uh, uh, I can't think of the English word, disconnected from, disconnected. Disconnected from the uh, regular daily life. We uh, have to go into Flagstaff Lake in the wintertime on snowshoes for two miles where they're disconnected, and we go to Scudic Point, which I think is actually kind of like the tropical resort. vacation for us, <laughs> like a resort. But yeah. it's uh, they're away from their uh, everyday life. They're away from their video games, and we try to keep them away from their phones, where they can actually just look into themselves and feel confident about their writing. And uh, when we have the teachers that understand that they're from a different perspective and the confidence that the students are allowed, they go back to the schools with a whole new uh, confidence about their writing and they're able to say more and actually do more and, and uh, improve their writing not only from their own perspective but from what others will understand. So that's what we try to uh, nurture in this program. And that's why we, when Melanie spoke about some of the, the places we've gone at 27 below zero <laughs> and sometime in the, in the 100 degree heat, we, we take them to those extremes and areas to kind of pull them away from what they remember. And if there's any questions culturally, sometimes they wonder about what they're about writing about. And they say, well, why am I thinking this? We talk about their culture and we remind them of who they are and where they come from and how rich that heritage is and let them work from, what, uh, from who they are rather than who they think they need to be. I think Sarah has a few to share with us as well. This poem is by um, Alexis. I am from a small town where everyone knows each other. I am from my father's smile, always warm, cheerful, and loving. I am from the laughter of my mother, so pleasant and joyful. I am from a crazy family that fights hard but loves harder. I am from my mother earth, beautiful, amazing, and wonderful. I am from my friends who give me support and are always there for me. I am from my ancestors who lived long ago and walked the same paths I have long ago. I am from me. Now, these are poems that are part of an anthology or two anthologies you're putting together. Now, in the anthologies, are they 
does it say anything about where they were written, uh, place, and because I know you would several <laughs> different places in we different years. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the introduction right now, we've, we've worked in um, sort of a listing of who the kids were at each place, as well as their ages, and a little bit of background of each of the places we were. We've been at uh, Circle of Youth for one day workshop that, that Vicki and I did, and so we have some of those writings. We were in Spruce Haven. Um, I was with them for a day. They were there for two days. And some of that they were canoeing and paddling. So there's sort of a short intro piece to each of the places we they have gone. And at one year you were at Big Eddie, I think that was before me, um, in Chewankee, and spent some time there. And then since then we've done Flagstaff Lake twice, Flagstaff Hut twice, and we've done Scudic Point twice. And we'll go back to Scudic Point again this summer. Um, so that'll be our third chance. So we've done different activities in different places, and we try to do a winter one and a summer one, and hopefully, if we can, some in between. Great. This poem is by Dior Sockbasin. I thought I knew you. Looking back, searching hard for his face, I look more, but start to stare into space. I start to realize what I missed, nothing lost, but something dissed. I thought I knew you. Something deep inside me misses him, but the memories we had start to dim. I thought I knew you. He's nothing close to what he used to be. To this day, I still believe he wants nothing to do with me. I now know that there's more to people than what the eye can see. I thought I knew you. He used to be my dad, my own superhero, but he changed. Now he's just a zero. I thought I knew you. Does he love me or does he not? He told me once, but I forgot. Even if he doesn't, it was worth the shot. I thought I knew you. You've made me cry, but only one tear drop. Even then, the pain does not stop. I'm tired of this. My heart is going to pop. I thought I knew you. You were never around to tie my shoe. I just wished the regret would come to you. Did you ever care about my feelings too? As the years passed, I became my own person. My trust in all people became, began to worsen. I thought I knew you. I look for answers within my heart for the only reason why we were apart. I wish I knew this would happen from the start. I thought I knew you. I'll be me and you be you. Maybe others will understand it too. I know you left me and it's sad to say, but I know I can thank you for making me the person I am today. I know you. Powerful. One of the other parts that we do, especially at, um, well, we've done it at Flagstaff Lake and at Scudic Point, is when the kids finish the week or the weekend and at Flagstaff, we share with the people that are there. So at Flagstaff Lake, we have an evening that we open up to the guests that are there at the time, and the kids read some of their works from the week, and Roger shares a story for, um, in Wabanaki, for, for usually, with help from the kids. Um, and we ex just ex share with the guests um, what we've done. And at Scudic, we've actually had Jesse Bruchak with us the last two summers um, to help as a musician and writer and um, performer, everything, all-around <laughs> assistant and sort of our writer-in-residence to help the kids. And uh, he shared his family with us this year as well. So they could partake in... Um, they actually did a, a Glusop story this year, and they've done... Uh, spoken word presentation the year before um, that we used one of Roger's poems for and then we've done we try to do a performance or of some sort so the kids can share what they've done and 
I think what is most powerful to me and to Vicky is even the, the young men that come who are very, very shy, I think, when they come and are very uh, hesitant to share their work. Um, and two of the, I would say the same thing for the two ladies sitting here. By the end of the week, they all want to jump up there and read. And so even if by the beginning of the week, they're not really sure they want to do that, by the end, they all have shared something. Um, so it's really, I think, as Roger said, it, it builds their confidence, but it also builds just a community that, uh, that they realize they are a part of a community of writers. We try to make a, a safe environment for them to uh, express what they what it is they'd like to say, and uh, for a lot of them, they don't even realize when they go in. They they say, "Well, I don't want to write. I don't want to do this." And they they've had bad experiences, and uh, whether it be in school or or uh, other ways of expression, and so we create a safe environment for them to to read, and we work on their creativity, and not their grammar, and not their spelling. We, we concentrate on their creativity and we, we, we like to build their, their confidence on that to show them that they are very creative writers. And uh, during the week, it, 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 you can see almost a change in the students. When they start to feel safe, then they can start to pull from deep inside them what they would been wanting to write about for so long. And uh, they just enjoy doing that. And uh, sometimes some, they can be very emotional, uh, things that they write about. And uh, we do allow for that to be a, a safe environment to do that. I think Sarah has another one to share. Wonder. This one is by Tabitha Newsom. I now know. I didn't know that the stars could be so bright at the night. I didn't know that there was such a great difference between the city and here. I didn't know the trees could look so pretty with the snow on top of them and with the morning sun shining down on them. I notice the trees swaying in the wind is so much better than sitting at home, probably doing nothing. I notice that the snow sparkling is so pretty. I didn't know sitting in front of the wood stove talking with friends could be as fun as watching a TV show. The sense of the world around me is greater than the pull of the electronics. I notice the difference between the city side and a beautiful place. I notice how beautiful this world can really be. When I look outside here and not see any power lines it makes me feel so warm inside i now know that you need to get out of the city to see this beautiful world very good uh, melanie mentioned that we uh we have students from all of the webinaki tribes uh, we have students from the aroostook band of micmacs that uh, join us in the camp the uh the Passamquoddy at Tsibaik and Pleasant Point at uh, Madakmiguk in Indian Township. Mm -hmm. um, also right here at Indian Island in, uh, near Old Town. And uh, we actually uh, try to get a representation of all of the Webanaki students. Being a, a language teacher, I know how important that is because uh, I, I see when, when I think uh, of my language, I can see pictures. And I know what needs to be said and I can tell it better in story. I'm not as talented as our students are at writing it, and uh, but we're going to try to nurture that and try to help them. Uh, there's so many beautiful stories, and, and the words are just so colorful in our language, and we want to convey that, and the students have that within them. And uh, it's such a shame that the rest of the English-speaking world doesn't see it the way we see it, so we, we have these camps to help with the Native students so that they, they're able 
to translate their language in a language that the rest of the world can see the beauty in it also. So we haven't uh, we haven't heard from uh, uh, Kaylin for a while. Um, would you like to read a, a poem here? We sure. Just uh, okay. I read a couple of haikus. Okay. Yep. This is a haiku from Skylar. It's snowing outside. Woke up. There's snow in my room. Left the window open. This is one from Gary Tucker. Look, Santa, Santa, I run and jump on his lap. Lap. What did you ask for? Um, Do you want to tell us what haiku is? Go ahead and explain. It's like. It's like a poem with syllables. The first line is five, the second line is seven syllables, and the third line is five syllables. And it's typically about? Nature. <laughs> nature, right. Seasons. It's typically about nature. Um, and we've done the haiku, I think, both Flagstaff Lake camps, and usually at least at one time at Cirque, I think, and possibly at both. And it's amazing to me how the kids just take to that, and they love it. Gary, I think, wrote five or six or seven of them. So it's they just sometimes a certain, we try different things every time we get together. Um, some the kids, some we keep consistent, like the haiku and the I am from. Um, but even then, they, they they just seem to keep coming back to those those systems and those formats, and they like that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you're fun. Okay, um, this is a haiku from Keanu Boy. Swaying back and forth, frosted white from tip to end, the spruce smelling, the spruce is smelling. Um, this poem is by Tia LeBritton. Water. I see the sparkles glistening on the ocean. It's a little foggy, but I love the view. I hear the waves crashing on the rocks. I wonder how many different species of mammals are there. I feel relaxed and kind of sleepy when I'm there. I love the sounds of the waves crashing on the rocks and the different fish. And obviously that one was written at, at Scudic Point. <laughs> um, one of the other pieces that we do, the adults are also expected to write with us. Um, and it's interesting because Roger uh, didn't bring any of his, but he often uh, writes in, the, in native language and shares that with the kids. And our first spoken word that we did was actually one of Roger's. Um, and we used the model that's online of the spoken word um, kind of poetry presentation. And that was our final presentation at, at Scudic Point a couple years ago. And the kids each took a line. And when they performed that line, he would speak in the Wabanaki, and then and the kids would speak his words. Um, it's been an interesting endeavor, I think, for all of us. Um, so you'll find in amongst this, um, the adults that have been with us, Evelyn and, and Rhonda and many of the others, will we'll join in and write also. Um, so we've had we have a mix, a nice mix, I think, of, of many of the kids' words as well as a few from our from our own works. <laughs> so it challenges us too. I I think Vicky and I both are reminded every time that we do this that uh, um, that we wish we had more time to write as teachers, and that's not often good enough. Um, and I know Paul and and 
Vicki and I have often talked about how we could share this with teachers in the classroom and how do you uh, encourage writing in the classroom doing what we do. And so we often are analyzing what worked, what didn't work, um, how did how did that come out and why did that system seem to work better than that and what we have discovered is by by our own endeavors I think a lot of times is that if we have an experience like hiking two miles into Flagstaff or you know everybody had uh, never been on sh I was shocked had not been on snowshoes and so we spent I think almost two hours getting everybody fitted for snowshoes that first time and then hiked in and you Kids are never really understandable, I think, or don't really understand how what two miles looks like <laughs> until they have to hike it in with all of their gear and um, and get into a very cold camp and, and follow some particular rules because Flagstaff is off the grid. So um, it's an interesting piece for them. Um, but that, interestingly enough, often spurs their writing when we go to sit and write because now they have this trudging in the snow and what are the the getting lost as they say roger said we didn't really get lost but roger led us astray a little <laughs> so and the views that we saw because of that and so there's um there's some experiential stories that come from just being out there and and going through something together um so that's part of and canoeing together that you did in spruce haven and we've um we always go to the to the point to the beach when we're down at scooty point and we do sweet grass picking and some other activities that are nature here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do sweet <laughs> We don't no. do that, no. So the kids get some experiences that they can um, can use for their writing as well. So it's kind of an interesting what's what you're what you're inspiring for me is that we do need to put some more stories into into this anthology for folks to understand all the activities we have done. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's a it's sort of like it really helps to for the reader to understand what the poet is trying to relay and what their their experience has been um did did you uh, you said that roger didn't bring anything <laughs> did you bring something i i have a couple <laughs> okay well let's let's hear something from you here one of the um pieces that we always do near the end is an i didn't know for things that we learned and i think as you get older that's harder to to write sometimes but these ladies always inspire me so um one of the last ones i wrote was i didn't know I didn't know that the coast could bring such new beginnings when it seems at times the edges of the earth. I didn't know that young teenage girls really can make me feel my age. I didn't know how overwhelmed I could feel watching the power of small, soft small voices becoming so strong. I didn't know how many children really truly need a dad. I didn't know the incredible calmness I gather from calm, gentle, yet strong men. I didn't know the infinite reach all music has to my heart and soul. I didn't know how much I missed the stories of a long, long time ago. I didn't know I could be one to lead others to truly find their own voice, when at times I'm still searching for mine. I didn't know I would feel like I have a fa new family at the end of just five days. I didn't know how much you all have lost by the pressures of our way. I didn't know how one group's wish, one group's passion could spread so far and wide. I didn't know how close the Algonquin and Penobscot language, languages could be. I didn't know until now. And so everybody learned something, huh? Mm -hmm. And it's um, often interesting for me that where I'm not native, that I get an interesting perspective to take back to my school, I think, too. What we enjoy also is the fact that whenever we pull all of the 
what we call today the Webenaki tribes of Maine together. They, some of them don't realize that we all share one common history, one common language with different dialects, and they begin to learn about some of what they thought were the other tribes, which actually are of the same people. And uh, this is where I really enjoy telling them about their language and about how we're actually Chquabinakig, and Wabinaki is like a little English uh, translation of our word Chquabinakig, meaning people that come from where the, the light of the sun comes up. And, uh, or the dawn, I guess, is where a lot of people call it. And when we, we talk about that and we talk from that perspective, we begin to realize that we're all the same people and that before we were subdivided into these little political subdivisions by the Twistry books, uh, we were actually all one people. By the what? Uh, that would be the Twistry books. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'll have to remember that one. This is another poem by Tia. I hear kids playing on the dock. I hear bikes, cars, and people going by. I hear tiny waves hitting little rocks. Then I hear wind in my heartbeat. I see the clouds go by. I see the kids jumping off the dock. I see the people canoe and kayaking. I see the sun shining on the water. We do have one that we can share as a group. We could do that. Or do we want to wait? I didn't bring my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. That is always Roger's <laughs> response. <laughs> one of the other things that we try to do is um, take a line from each of our own writings and then compile it into another poem. It's another technique that you can use in the classroom. Um, but it also is kind of interesting. And so we did an R uh, gathered, um, I didn't know. And so we'll all four kind of take a line and start this. I didn't know I could make friends so easy. I didn't know that camp would be this fun. I didn't know blueberries grew high bush. I didn't know that friends could feel like family. I didn't know three young warriors. I didn't know you. I didn't know I was such an inspiration to others. I didn't know you could see forever beyond the crashing waves. I did not know I could come up with the stories that I did. I didn't know how much I missed the stories of Bija... Bija, Bija, Naga, Bija. Oh. Bija, Bija, Naga, Bija. I didn't know how much I would miss my family. I didn't know I would room with Jaden. <laughs> I have to admit, I still had fun and I'm sad it's all done. I didn't know saying goodbye could be the hardest thing ever. I didn't know the trails or roads until I listened to the faint whisper of my ancestors. As I look around today and see the Skijinug be Skijinug, growing up in this time period, I am thankful because I see the future is in good hands. That was too short. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That was, but similar to what we did for our, our spoken word was very similar to what we do. Maybe the kids could speak to what they think is some, what they've taken away from the camps that they've been to. Some of your best memories from, from camp. Um, well, what do you remember from the summer? I remember um, going on hikes and 
beating and writing and going to the beach. Um, was there anything that really s- s- kept with you? Was there something funny that happened? That um, Well, I really liked it when we went to the beach. So you liked the beach. Did you get sunburned? No. <laughs> <laughs> We swam and then we um, buried Tabby in mid big hole. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I remember from Flagstaff 2012 when uh, we went on the frozen lake during the day. I put the zipper to my lip because I was trying to pull my jacket up to keep warm and it cut my lip. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it hurt. <laughs> yeah. And it was freezing that day. Wow. So we had, you had to yank that zipper off, did that like pull skin off too, and yeah. it was sore afterwards. And yeah, did you write about that? <laughs> I I think I mentioned it. And yeah. About Cirque, you remember from Skudik? Well, I remember going to the beach and swimming. Good. Okay. And um. We would, we played this game, it's like wave tag, and you have to run from the wave when it comes towards you, so the water doesn't touch you. Yeah. Any favorite times? Any, nothing, nothing that really excited you or? Uh... I liked the hike that we did. How long was it? Was it really long? No. Couple miles. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun, and the view was really pretty when we when we got to the top. Okay. A lot of these activities come uh, to, for inspiration. A lot of times, we uh, try to get them out into the uh, elements. For instance, the twenty-seven below zero up at Flagstaff, and and hiking to the to the top of the mountains at uh, Cirque. And uh, we, we take them through that to give them the inspiration that they need also to, to give them a little bit. Uh, I usually tell a story either on the way or when we get there, uh, an older story from, uh, from our uh, Web- Webinaki roots, mm-hmm. and to give them a sense of what their ancestors must have experienced in those days. And, for instance, the 27 below zero, when our ancestors actually lived in, in elements like that without any other forms of heat. They, they would find their own forms of heat and they would find comfort and they were able to weather these, uh, these extremes and uh, they did it quite well. And it helps them to remember that we're here today because of the sacrifices and the ways that our ancestors were to make sure that we're here today and to help them appreciate better the world around them and to see and to give them inspiration to write about what it, what it is that they're thankful for and also to remind them that there's also seven generations behind them that they need to leave things behind so that the seven generations beyond us will look back and see what we were able to see and experience also. So these, these uh, fun trips that everybody says, we, we do that to really reach their uh, inner creativity and to, to reach their, their inner selves of who they are and who they feel more comfortable being. 
don't know if they'd admit it, but they'd say they often say it's a lot of hard work too. <laughs> um, and and so our days are very full, and they're planned basically from the minute they get up to the minute they go to bed. I think for three days in Flagstaff and for five days at at Scooty Point. So that by the time they leave, they're pretty tired. It's a pretty uh, rowdy ride in and a very quiet ride home <laughs> because they've uh, they've worked hard by the time they're done. Um, this past year, we were able to do some beating as well and some cultural. Um, storytelling, and we always share those times at night together as well. And at Scudic Point, we share um, some of the condo areas there, so we get some chance to to work and live together, and have meals together, and share uh, cultural meals together. and And so there's a lot of uh, a lot of connecting besides those activities that I think happens from that. But Sarah says she has one more chance to share with you as well. This poem is by Tila Britton. I didn't know. I didn't know that I could make friends. I didn't know that anybody liked me. I didn't know that my father loved me. I didn't know my Penobscot grandfather before he passed away. I didn't know that you were always there for me. I didn't know that I had a place in your heart. I didn't know you. Um, this is called Family. It's from Jaden. Gazing round in my house, I see my family, all sitting around, food scattered all around, decorations all over the room, some lying on the floor, many colors that I see in my family. Looking around, the lights are dim. Was there uh, uh, any poem that uh, you, Melanie, liked, really, really liked, that you can think of that kind of stays with you? Uh, I think Dior's is one that has stuck with many of us uh, that I think Sarah read earlier, but um, let me see. I'm going to ask you the same thing, <laughs> Roger. That's a deep I, deep I don't thing. like writing system. <laughs> I only like the storytelling version of it. <laughs> this new modern way of putting it on paper, I'm still not getting used to that. Well, I hate to tell you, Roger, but one of yours is in here. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hand this to Roger. Good. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to find from one of the gentlemen, let's see, that joined us. When was Seneca with us? Flagstaff? Traditionally, we've always been an oral culture, and we tell stories, our, our uh, value system, our history and, and uh, our lessons, teachings in our life come through stories. And uh, growing up, I experienced that myself. And I used to remember that uh, when uh, my dad that raised me, when uh, he learned to read, he started reading from a book. And I'd hear him start to get angry and start pounding his fist. And he'd make all of us children come in, and we'd have to sit there. And he would point out what he was reading was a, a misinterpretation of us completely. So then he would start to put the book down and he would tell us the stories that he'd told us over and over and over again, which we'd known by heart. And But he felt it was important that we had to know those stories. And uh, when he learned to read, he did respect reading. He just didn't like what he read that was written about us. Mm. So he told us never to forget who we are and always to remember the old stories. So that's why I'm part of this. I want to make sure that even in their writing, even in who they are, 
to always remember the old stories of their ancestors and to remember who they are and continue that way. I'll share with you one of Seneca's from the first time we went to Flagstaff Lake when it was 27 below. <laughs> I didn't know these mountains dressed in winter coats and littered with trees. I didn't know these trails until I tapped into my past and let my ancestors guide me. I didn't know with beauty comes evil. I didn't know that before this lake was a river, a large artery of water that pours into the Kennebec, eventually reaching the sea. I didn't know the mask of clouds could clear, revealing galaxies light years away. I didn't know. Maybe we didn't know. And I will hand this down to Roger because one of his is in here. Now, Roger, before you read that, I do want to make a, a comment about stories because it's, it seems like stories are a big part of our lives, everyday lives. You can't turn around without hearing a story. You can't turn the TV on or listen to the radio without hearing a story or seeing a story. Everything is story. You know, kind of like, I, I want to say stories are us, you know, and, and they are. And uh, the problem with, with uh, our stories is that we haven't been given the right tools to get our stories out there. Um, and, um, I, you know, I, I kind of think it's really important for our stories to be, you know, on the radar screen, just like everybody else's stories. Um, it's been, you know, for the past, I don't know, a couple hundred years or so, our stories have sort of like uh, almost, not quite, almost been forgotten. Mm -hmm. But they are coming back, and I think that's, uh, that's the sign of prophecy. So, okay, Roger, go ahead and uh, read your uh, poem. Is it a poem? Or just a... Um, I don't know if it's a poem or not. That's an English word. Whatever, whatever yes, you... Whatever you uh, <laughs> I would guess it's called a poem. <laughs> okay, Roger. I, myself, I would call it, yeah. Uh, Emi, it would be kind of like to give thanks. And this will be read in uh, my traditional language because that's usually how my thoughts come. So, <laughs> Nita... No jao, no jao, pidiotic, be chedu, no jibeji, wedgigizi yud gizi he, no jao, dupkwanuk, wedgi majagi, wejo, dulna bamuk, no jao, uanuk, wedgi gizlodum, like up a mosi, no jao, samagwanuk, dandapu damagizili, I got woolly back, egan, ski cool. I got yod, see there, skit kamiku, needle age, lewin. I'll usually, when I write something, and uh, Vicky is a really good taskmaster at having the students, once they've had their experiences, she will put it into perspective for them, and she'll turn and have them write about it. And she has this way of guiding them into their writing. And uh, Vicky is a very talented uh, writing uh, um, teacher, I guess, would be the... I almost think that teacher is an understatement for Vicky, the way that she's able to, to ease the students and to, to uh, have them help them with their writing. And uh, the way she's able to do that, 
she can have them go right in and put their creativity on the paper and uh, I fall victim to that too but I don't think in English I think in the language only one and we usually say can you say that in your in our language <laughs> in English now <laughs> it as doesn't best sound the same though oh, I know. <laughs> whenever it doesn't I translate sound as beautiful, but <laughs> the words in our language actually uh, uh, there's there's a, a truth behind that a lot is lost in translation mm -hmm. and uh, there's a there's a a translation that it's it's really not what they always say it is in English. I use one of the words, like for instance, Dupkwanak, Nojeo Dupkwanak, I'm from the earth. Now, uh, in English, the word Dupkwan, uh, I guess, could be translated as dirt. And in English, if you use the word dirt, it's something you don't want on you or something that you associate with something that's not good. But in our language, Dupkwan actually comes from the root word dup or dupe. Dupe means something that's full. And we see the soil as something that's full of life, and it has molecules of our ancestors that give new life. And with those words that we use, we can look at the soil and treat her the way that we should, what she really is, our mother and, and the, the, the life giver that to all living things, rather than the dirt that we need to brush off of ourselves. So a lot of times when I translate it into Nojeo Dupkwanak, I'm from the dirt, said in English is just a completely different meaning to that. So a lot of times I tried not to translate in English and I try to let the students be who they are and learn from me being who I am. Well, I think the downside of that is that, for instance, I have to admit, I am not, I don't know the language. All I know is English. And so when you when you speak in your language and you know what you're saying, um, I have no idea at all what you're saying. And so it may mean something, I mean, it does mean a lot to you, but when I hear it, I, I can't relate. There's no way, there's not even a, uh, there's no way I can imagine what you're saying. Time for you to take his course and then you'll know. <laughs> And this is exactly why we have the Webinaki Writers Project. Some of our students think in those ways, and their creativity are sometimes in the language without even realizing it. Uh, I, I was told by a wise elder one time that culture is, to humans is like water is to fish, that uh, it surrounds us, and we couldn't live without it, but we don't even know it's there. And some of our students come that way, that they've grown up in the culture, they've grown up in their traditional language, and they look at the world through their ancestors' eyes, but yet can only express themselves in English. So uh, I can understand completely. That's exactly why the Webinaki Writers Project is trying to get the words of our students out to the rest of the world and so that everyone can enjoy what I think is the beautiful words of our, of our, our uh, young people. Well, you danced around that pretty well. <laughs> you want to run oh, for office? You want me to, in other words, you guys want me to translate <laughs> that? Yes, that would be very can. nice. As best you can. I will try Give it as best it. I can. <laughs> it's going to be a lot longer sentences than mm, the little okay. short. Nujeyao, I am from. Nujeyao, Pidiotig, I'm from the light that comes so far to be here with me. I come from the soil where I grow from with all of my ancestors. I come from the air 
so that I can breathe and live along with everything around me. I come from the water, that, that which I can go anywhere and clean the earth and the beauty that everything, of everything that it holds. Well, anyone? Okay, very nice, I like that. I think that's as close to English as I can get as on that one. Make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the students are the ones that really do the the, do. the creative work, and I wish some of these girls wouldn't be so modest and would really would really share some of their stuff that uh, is, is so beautiful. And, and I can see uh, it's almost like whenever they read their their uh, work, whether it be a, a haiku or whether it be even some of them get to be quite long. Um, you can really see the ancestors that uh, that have come through in them and, and their teachings. So uh, that's that's what really brings me back every year here. I don't like the writing part, but I do like the fact that I see our students being uh, good writers and sharing their creativity with the world. Go ahead, Abja. Read another one to us. Okay. Then get close to the mic so that we can hear. find it interesting they're so quiet when they get to a mic in the camps they're not always so quiet <laughs> so how many how many uh how many poems are you are an estimate of your anthology you said you have two so we do have two at this point in time that we're working on um, one will cover all of our trips from uh, 2010 to 2011. Mm -hmm. And then the second will cover 2012 to 2013, once we're completed with 2013. There are probably over, of those two, there's probably over 100 pages to 150 pages mm -hmm. once we're done this summer. Um, and we usually, at Flagstaff, will produce, I would say, three to four different writings. At Cirque, it's more... Yeah. Five or six or more. So are they each all, of the kids. Are they all poems or are they? No, they, not no. always. Sometimes um, we'll take a poem and we often go on a midnight uh, walk or late night walk while we're at Fragstaff and find the moon and fall in the lake and <laughs> get wet and cold and um, and see the stars if possible. And um, so the kids will write just a paragraph about what that was like. And they are expected to keep kind of a journal as yep. they go. So their journal writings are in there, which are also kind of reflective of what they have experienced while they're in the different experiences. At the very end, we ask them to do a, a three-word uh, moment where they just kind of sum up their whole thing in three words, their whole experience. So, Kayla? Okay, this is an I didn't know from Kendra Stevens. I didn't know how great the woods can be, bright, snowy, and beautiful. I didn't know where the place I am would be so crisp and clean, perfect food, organic coffee. I didn't know all the room's lights and toilets were going to run on solar power. I didn't know sleep would be like sleep on clouds so soft and cozy. I didn't know how cold it would be on my way up, tenderless and freezable. It was all worth the walk. I didn't know the new people I met would be so nice. Sarah, do you have one? Um, this is by Tia Le Breton. Denver Zoo. 
I picked the Denver Zoo because I always used to go there with my aunt, my uncle, and my sister, and my mommy. I have videos of me and my family looking at gorillas. My aunt, uncle, and cousins live in Colorado. My aunt and uncle live in the mountains. My cousins live in the towns. The Denver Zoo is very fun and interesting. Denver Zoo. I hear the roars coming from animals. I hear the voices of their trainers. I hear the splash of the fish and mammal things. I see the stripes and colors of the animals. I see the animals do awesome tricks. I see the peacocks awesome colors. I smell the seawater coming from pools. I smell the poop from different animals. I smell the food that they eat. I realize that these are the sounds, sights, and smells of nature. Okay. Um, is there, do you want to read one last poem? Um, and uh, I know you got plenty to choose from there. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, once you read that, then we'll, uh, that will be the, uh, will be the end of the show. So we'll. Well, one of the things we work on is, as you've heard repeatedly, I think, today, is the, the kids having a voice. Um, and that's very important to me that they understand that their voice is the next generation and that their voice is the ones that will speak louder than ours. Um, but they inspired me after listening to them practice one night to write this one. One voice, soft, unassuming, with a powerful message, if only you will listen. Two voices, sharing of themselves one with the other. Three voices, in laughter becoming a place where love abides. Four voices, a gentle dance of back and forth, in and out, give and take, asking how are you called and where are you from? Five voices, a rowdy group with various leaders, laughter and stories to turning moments into memories. Six voices, a sextet of interwoven crescendos and decrescendos, slowly building to become one powerful voice saying, listen, we are the earth, the sky, the water, and we have much to say. Very good. Roger, do you have a last comment? Um, actually, I am speechless when I listen to the students reading their work, and it's, uh, it makes me feel good inside to know, and, and to be a part of this uh, Webinaki Writers Project, to know that students like Kaylon and Sarah uh, actually come to our camps, and they, they really bring a lot to it. And not only do they do that, but they go back to their schools and they share with some of the other students. And usually every year we get a lot of other students that really get interested. But uh, as I said in that reading we said before, when I look at the youth today, uh, some people say that our culture is, is on its way out and our culture is dying. I think they need to come and see our youth in action and hear them. And uh, it makes me feel good to say that uh, the youth that we have today on, on all of our communities um, that our culture and our ways are in very good hands. And uh, matter of fact, they may be going in any different direction uh, that they want to. They still will take with them who they really are, and I think they're going to be great ambassadors to the writing world. Could you, Willie, win? I agree. Well, thank you for uh, being guests on my show. I appreciate the poetry. It was, it was fantastic. Um, Thank you for, for joining us today. I'm your host, Donald Loring, and you've been listening to Abenaki Windows. The music for our show is by Rolf Richter, track called Little Eagles from his CD, Dreamwalk. I want to thank my special guests, Roger Paul, Melanie Rock, 
uh, Kaylin Newsom, Sarah Fields. And tune in again next month for another Wabanaki Windows. Support for WERU comes from the...